We're talking softball from Maine to San Diego. Softball. Mattingly and Canseco. Ken Griffey's grotesquely swollen jaw. Steve Saxon is running with the law. We're talking Homer. Ozzy and the Straw. I fucking love that episode. That's in my top ten Simpsons episodes. I was just about to say, I really like how on the Matrix episode, you just sing that, you know, fun fun times with weapons or whatever it's called. Just skip on past it. No mention. No, you can yeah. cut out my reaction to it, everything. You can yeah. put, put that song at the beginning now if you want to. At some point, I mean, it would be so much work, but we should do like a supercut of all the times we've referenced The Simpsons. Uh, it's yeah. almost every episode. It would be an Is episode it? in uh, on its own. Yeah. yeah. It'd be like two hours long. Oh my God. It might get boring. I just think about like, was it, it must have been three years ago when I did the fucking Cruiserverse supercut as an episode. Oh my God. Like, that was amazing. I spent like two days on that. Jeez, man. Well done. No one listens to it. No one cares. No, no one cares. I know kung fu. FBI! If the bus blows up, he wins. Whoa, 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 whoa! Excellent! Hello and welcome to the Ornithology Presents, the Keanu Copia. This guy's Ben, I'm and Alex. that guy. Yeah, I love I love it how smooth our intros are. That's Every probably my favorite like thing about this. You are tr- you're trying to upset me right from the off. Yeah, when you, when you first said to me, <sighs> hey Alex, do you want to do a podcast about Arnie and all of his films? Because you know you like Arnie and you like. And you know, maybe we'll do other other ones after when we when we're finished with that. My first, very first thought was it's a perfect chance to undermine you and yeah, annoy you to spend a whole year, week in week out, yep. fucking Ben's shit up. Yep. And the sucker that I am, I committed to five years of it and counting. Awesome. Let's keep going. <laughs> we are Next actually season. coming up. We are actually coming up, Alex, on the Ornithology's fifth anniversary. Ah, that's pretty good. We should probably do some kind of a, a special. Nah. All right. This week, we are talking about the Keanu Reeves film, The Watcher, from the year 2000. If you have listened to the Replacements episode, I said at the end of that episode, I remember quite enjoying this film. Within really? 30 seconds yep. of starting this film, I remembered, oh, it wasn't this one. It was The Raven, starring John Cusack. Uh, That's a film that I quite enjoyed. Yeah. We'll get into this one shortly. Um, this <laughs> This is... Uh, directed by Joe Charbonick. Don't recognize that name? No reason that you should. He never directed another feature film. I wonder why. It, I'm baffled. Um, this is the story of uh, Keanu Reeves, who is a serial killer, and James Spader, who is the cop obsessed with catching him. And their yeah, sort of uh, semi retired on disability cop. Yeah, it took over Down his life. Out. He moved cities, and Keanu has followed him to keep the game of cat and mouse going. And now he's raising the stakes by sending him photographs of his next victim and giving him a day or two to find out who they are before he murders them. Simple sometimes, as that. Sometimes just 24 hours. 
Simple as that. So uh, we've got James Spader in the lead role, Keanu Reeves in the supporting role. We've also got Marisa Tomei, uh, Academy Award winner Marisa Tomei. I was about to say Spider-Man's wife. Spider-Man's aunt. Aunt May, yeah. Marisa Tomei is Aunt May. And we've got a Ghostbuster, Ernie Hudson. Winston Zedmore. Indeed. Ben, do you think there's a there's a there's a thing here with like James Spader? Yeah. Mr. Tomei is Spider Man's aunt. That's too that's that's don't I mean if you got if you could see how Ben's looking at me now. Alright, fine, yeah, just cut it. I cut might it, do, I might do this one on my own. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah. yeah. I'll just call you at the end and get your score. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> Let's do that. I couldn't. I, I just couldn't get out of my head. The whole. That's how good this movie was. I just kept thinking, Spader, hmm, Spider Man. Yeah, well, he was. He was Ultron. So technically, they've shared. A, a, uh, you see, there's a cinematic a, universe. There's the link. I knew there'd be a link. Right, I'm gonna. I'm gonna let you just wax lyrical for a couple of minutes, Alex. Don't go crazy, but talk to me about James Spader. Oh my god, I fucking love James Spader. That'll do. I don't. I, that's it. Yeah. That's it. No, I won't. I won't go crazy. I, I don't know what it is about James Spader. He's been. We've reviewed a film with him in, on the cruise cast. Endless love. I haven't looked at his filmography. Like I love. I like James Spader a lot because of two things, two projects, really. The Blacklist and Robert California. Uh, uh, three projects then. Stargate, as well. Oh sure. That's it. There's the only like. That's the first time I came across James Spader. It's so funny, like, you've managed to pick literally the three project... Well, Robert California is on the fence, I guess. Because my impression of James Spader is that he's made a career out of playing uh, yuppie sexual deviants. And you've managed to pick the three where he hasn't, really. Well, I've seen... Exactly. And that's the reason... I think that's the reason why I like him. And I think that it's the yuppie sexual deviant thing is the reason why people don't like him. A lot of the time when they say that they don't like James Spader. I have seen Crash. Great film. I have seen The Secretary as well. Great film. Also Sex, Lies and Videotape. White Palace. Uh, Pretty in Pink. He's basically the same character in all of these movies. Just with varying degrees of BDSM. <laughs> right. Right. And, and and there's a reason I missed out on those films. Because of my own, I, my own ideas. My own values. But I've, those two films I have seen. I had to be reminded that it was James Spader, yeah. which is both a credit to the actor, but also a reason why I love James Spader in these <laughs> in these roles. Yeah. And and I want to see him do more of this. This could be a, this character in The Watcher could be a prequel to his character in The Blacklist. Yes, like you can see how he might have become the guy in The Blacklist. Yeah. So that yeah, that's I don't have a lot more to say about James Spader. I think he's just one of those really interesting guys who had a niche in the 80s and 90s, and you wouldn't expect him to still be pretty damn successful. You know, he's, he's, oh, yeah. he's got a very successful yeah. TV show, two, two, actually, in the last 10 years, and his, his film career is going strong as well. And he sort of reminds me of Ethan Hawke in that sense of, like, he's always there doing interesting work, and occasionally he does something big budget, but really, he's just he's just working away in the background, like doing this great character stuff. I love, like, in an interview, in many interviews, when he's asked about it, there's this element that comes through both in his characters and in the way he is when he's interviewing. When he's interviewing, he sort of seems like a kind of hippie intellectual who 
is like fallen in love with New York and he just wants to be live there in New York all the time and sure. read books and, and develop his craft and, and yeah, be very honest and keep growing as a person and integrity. And that's the that's the bits I like about him as a as an as an actor. Um, as as a person, sorry, uh, the interviews I've seen, I don't know anything about him as a person. I I don't follow any of the gossip stuff. And in, in and in interview, I see him. Con- he's very consistent in how he talks about his craft. And the interviewer is always trying to get some insight into his success, and he just shoots it down every time. He says, "I'm not a, su- a success because I'm terribly great. I've just stuck to a principle, and the principle that I've stuck to is I'm going to work." on projects that I enjoy and I'm going to work hard at them. And and that's it. I pick projects that interest me. And if I don't get projects that interest me, I don't work. I mean, it's quite, it's quite like, he's very adamant, very sincere. And mm. he's got, he, and that comes across in his performance. That's the element. That's the quality that you see. He's able to convey his lines believably and, and, and sincerely. And I think he's doing a bang up job in this with a, with what, with, with, what is not a very good script at uh, all. Yes, indeed. So uh, I think he's given it beans, as they say. He's, he's given it beans. <laughs> he's given it, given it gusto. Yeah, I've never heard of that before. Where does that come from, uh, giving it beans? I don't know. It's just... Is it because beans give you that fart you energy? A little toot. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Well, you fill, fill yourself with beans, you can go all day, I guess. Maybe that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, I guess. All right. um, but yeah, I don't think this is ever going to... Um, be reevaluated as one of his last great performances. <laughs> I will say this: he's doing much better work with the material than Keanu Reeves is. Than everyone, man. Well, I, everyone. Marissa Tomei has a, an effortless charm, I think, and I agree. But I, I mean, imagine—I mean, we're not there. I mean, we'll just talk about it now. Imagine, Mister. Imagine Marissa Tomei's part recast with Susan Sarandon at this age. Yeah. Why did you pick her? Probably because of Rick and Morty. Okay, <laughs> she plays a therapist in Ricky Morty, but I just—I don't know. She just popped in my head. Well, or, or... the only reason I ask is one of the films. One of the films that I just referenced, White Palace. Yeah, is James Spader and Susan Strandon. Oh no way! Okay, well there you go. I just would believe the chemistry more. Yeah. Uh, there's so much more I would believe. Uh, I don't have a problem with Marissa Tomei in this. I think she's fine. I just—I just don't think she's well cast. I'm not saying she does a bad job. I just think she's too hot. Not very well. Uh, I don't think it's too hot. I mean, there is that line that Keanu <laughs> says of like, "Do you do you get do you think your clients get in touch with you because you're attractive?" So, Mr. Tommy's playing a therapist in this, yeah. and there are just some lines that she delivers that just I don't I don't believe it. But I think she her like you said her effortless charm. She I think she can get away with a lot. I don't think she has to deliver lines very well in films like this. No, She's probably just, not. Probably not. So she's, but she's believably charming to the James Spader character. Um, I think James Spader's charming as well in this, and I think I, be- you believe that she would be enamoured by him. You don't agree? Uh, let's get something out of the way. Yeah, this is a very, very year two thousand film. And, oh my god! And it starts. <laughs> it starts with the soundtrack, very- which is. It's a 90s movie. It really is a 90s movie. The reason that I say year 2000 is, first of all, they're lifting songs directly off of the Matrix soundtrack. This, it, The Matrix, if this makes sense, I don't know if this makes sense to you, The Matrix hurts this film. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
I, I, I suspect there was a bit of jiggery-pokery behind the scenes after The Matrix came out, because this was probably shot around the time Matrix was coming out. <laughs> yeah. To to say, well, we've got Keanu, let's Matrix it up. Oh, my God. It's horrible. The, the, the obvious bits where they're trying to, because they've got Keanu, let's Matrix it up. Yeah. Le- leather jacket. Uh, it's ridiculous, man. Rob Zombie's Dracula is in the opening scene. I, I don't understand. And... I think the, the, perhaps, the shutter speed. Yeah, perhaps speed. one of the reasons that we've never really heard from Joe Charbonnick or Charbonnich or whatever his name is again is how can I describe this? This film came out the year that you and I went to university. And so when this came out, we were learning about the principles of camera and all of that. Oh and and one of the things that we were taught is don't commit to an effect in camera if you can do it in post, because yeah. you can always change it in post. You can't change it when you've got it in camera. Joe yeah. Charbonich, Char- I'm just going to call him Joe. Yeah. Joey got his camera, got a lovely spanking brand new DV cam, yeah. and he went, look at all the effects we can do in camera. Yeah. Let's yeah. do them all the time. Yeah. Dutch angles, varying shutter speeds, flashback gain. For the, for all, all for flashback effect, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's migraine-inducing. That was the, that's what he was going for, man. Is it? Because the lead character suffers from migraines. That's what I want. I want the audience to really feel the pain of a migraine yeah, it, it over worked. the course of 90 minutes. No, man. It's, it's a, it, it, that part of this puts it firmly in the category of student film. I mean, it's, it's extraordinary. I was half expecting some star wipes. I th- yeah, but that's the thing. I think by the time you and I had got to uni to learn how to make films, we'd already got yeah. this stuff out of our system. I mean, we saw a few films with this stuff in it. Sure. <laughs> but yes, so the other thing that's very 2000 about it, and this is such a superficial thing to say, but James Spader's hair, man. It, <laughs> it's horrible, isn't it? <laughs> He must be in his mid to late thirties at this point, and he's got a boy band haircut. You just think it's a style, you don't think? Oh, it's covering up his receding hairline a bit as well, <clears throat> which he's he's, trying, he's yeah. a you know he's grown into now. But oh, it's boy band. It's like a boy band. It is. Hair. It's like an NSYNC haircut, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's it. So yeah, there's no way of getting around that. This is a film that was made end of the nineties, beginning of the two thousands. No, and all of that stuff is extremely irritating now having said that i don't think Mm. there's a better film lying underneath all of that and it's one of those films that i don't know if you remember you know in the 90s we had a hell of a lot of serial killer movies we did because of things remember because of things like fatal attraction and science of the lambs kicked off this big craze and then seven came out and seven sort of was one of those moments that it changed the genre because everybody looked at him and went well you can't do a standard serial killer movie now because seven exists what's the point and a couple of them came out like copycat was all right but i mean it was a script that was kicking around for years but by the time you get to 2000 i don't see why you make this film there's nothing surprising or original in it no it's um whatever the director's name again joey he clearly saw those films and started working on this it's a remnant of the of the mid to late nineties. It that's that's what it feels like. And yeah. this film could have easily gone straight to DVD or straight to TV. Yeah, that's a great point. I think this is a I think this is a TV movie actually, isn't it? Just with a really expensive cast. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. 
Usually films of this quality, I, I get angry, I get upset about it. I wasn't I wasn't offended. Oh, I wasn't offended by it. I it was it was kind of nostalgic for me to watch a film like this. That's how I felt about it. I, again, not saying there's anything really good in it. No. There's moments that I'm like, all right, we'll talk about those moments. But otherwise, it didn't I just I just I felt nothing really is the Yeah, the that's the thing, is is I was mostly bored. Yeah. There are a couple of bits that were laughable, like they got a smile out of me. I wanted there to be more. I wanted there to be more laughable moments. Do you know, like, at the end of Universal Soldier, when Dolph Lundgren just gives up any sense of reality and is just doing cartoon faces as he's kicking yes. his... That's where I wanted this film to go. I wanted it to go yes. so crazy at the end. Yeah. It would have been... Well, a bit like Devil's Advocate, actually. <laughs> like it Maybe. Been, yeah. It would have been better. I mean, it, it, again, in this film, I don't know what rating it was, but I think it just struggled to try and stay like it must have been r-rated yeah. because of the themes yeah. but i'm not sure it would be r-rated i think you could push for a pg-12 with this PG-13. the way it is now yeah probably the, un- the only issue is you've got some people on fire and that's always yeah and and some women being strangled yeah again it's it's i wasn't although that thematically you could argue this film is it's got some horrible things in it it's not horrible to watch at all. It's not, not graphic, really. like, no. It's but that, it, but the, but what goes with that is it's not suspenseful either. A, tight, a few moments because I was so bored. The moments that were suspenseful, I was like, oh, all right. That suspense lasted a, a minute, two minutes. I was I wasn't gripped at all by the by the plot. It's yeah. And what's frustrating, predictable, is there are a couple of moments where it sort of breaks into a chase sequence. There's a yeah. There's a foot yeah. chase. There's a car chase. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Because of all of that flashy in-camera yeah. bullshit and the and the I want to be Tony Scott editing and I'm not yeah. Tony Scott, yeah. yeah, really bad editing, really bad. Yeah, it's yeah. it's almost incomprehensible. And genuinely, I was squinting at the TV, yeah. like yeah. just thinking, yeah. just That's... just get this bit over with because I don't know what the fuck's no, going like, on. The first five minutes, I was going, what? So here's my theory. They cut it in sequence. They knew they had a pile of shit. And they were like, oh, my God, what do we do? And they're like, look, let's put all that stuff at the end, up top, to make people question what's going on, what's happening. And then we reveal at the end what happened. Oh, okay. That didn't work. That just confused They don't tell you that. That's the thing. They know. It would have been brilliant, like, two days earlier or something. Fine. At least a title card saying... Okay, that's to the end. We're going to have it explained. I'm on, I'm on board. But we just have this confusing set of stuff. And it's like, in one line of dialogue, Keanu explains it later on at the end. Like, why we saw this sequence with James Bader running at the beginning. It's like, and you barely know it's him. It's like, the whole migraine thing, the whole, it wasn't, it wasn't done well. There's lots of elements that you can see what they're trying to do in this film. Trying to put it in, trying very hard trying to make it so that the characters are their motivations are clear that that their backstories are, are, are layered into the into the dialogue and the plot you can see all this effort going mm-hmm. in to trying to make it a a coherent universe where the characters motivations are clear it just doesn't do it well it 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 does it it gets it wrong um and my overall feeling just like what the last note i wrote was Ah, uh, poor movie. You tried so hard. <laughs> that was all. That was the emotion I felt. It was like, oh well, you tried really hard. 
like I and, and like you said, I don't think there's a beyond all of these surface criticisms, there is not a better movie underneath. No, there isn't. It feels like this was obviously the director trying to do a show reel, like to say, look, I did this movie with Keanu Reeves, give me a better project. And that didn't really work out. And I think, and we'll talk about this a bit more in numbers, for Spader and Tomei at least, this was just a paycheck. That's my feeling about it. I didn't really dig Spader in this. He felt, um, I, I sensed that he was struggling a little bit to, to oh, go to that deeper level to find something more in the character because there were most of the time you just you, there's some lines you know he hated you can just see it on his face when he's delivering them sure there's a few lines like cheesy like kind of quips or i'd lo- i'd actually love to find out what he thinks about this project well i know what keanu thinks about it but we'll come back to that in a bit oh yes I was having a thought while watching this. Is this the first time we've seen Reeves playing an all-the-way bad guy? And I had to go back through his credits to check. There is one other that, that I think counts. An all-the-way bad guy, like yeah. not just someone who's a bit scummy who comes across as bad, because we've seen that a few times. Yeah, I don't in... think I Love You to Death counts, because he's kind of a bumbling no, idiot. No, I Love You that. to Death doesn't count. Feeling Minnesota doesn't quite count. No. And neither does the the one with Tom Jane. What's Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, last time I committed suicide. Last time I committed That's suicide. That's pretty close. He is pretty scummy in yeah, that. Yeah, he's not, he's not a great guy. No, that. he's definitely not. <laughs> no. But he's not He's not like a villain. So there is a film where he is a villain. Go on. Much Ado About Nothing. Oh, yeah. And he was shit in that. <laughs> no, he wasn't. He was good in that. Oh, uh, I, I thought he wasn't great. I, I, I just said, I think I said then, uh, he shouldn't play a villain. It's a shame because actually... There's a film later on where, well, there's a couple actually, where he's playing a villain. And he's pretty good. Well, we'll we'll see. Ooh. Well, I mean, I, in John Wick, he's not a good guy. Like, no, he's an anti-hero though. Yeah, uh, you know. So, but but again, when it, Keanu playing like a proper villain, I'm not sold yet. Okay, I'm willing to be willing to be sold. We know he can do brooding, but you're just not convinced that he can do evil. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, not yet. Not yet. There's another actor in this, an actor called Joseph Sikora. Uh, I'm going to tell you a little story now. There's a character in this who is cleverly credited as Skater. Uh, He rides around on a skateboard. He's not very good on a skateboard. He falls over a lot. The implication is he's homeless or very down on his luck. And he's friends with one of uh, Keanu's would-be victims. And James Spader, like... Chases him, catches him, throws him up against the wall. Mm-hmm. Tell me where she is, you know, and he, yeah. he gets caught up in this chase. Classic. And he's... She's going to die unless you tell me where she is. Yeah. And he's so racked with guilt after this that he can't sleep. He has nightmares that his friend is getting tortured by Keanu Reeves and killed. And it's his fault because he didn't do enough to help. Okay? Right. Years go by. And he's really down on his luck. He's fully homeless. He's at the end of his tether. He's got all of these bad thoughts. I've got to do something. What he does is he enlists. He joins the army. Because it's a roof over his head. Mm -hmm. It's three square meals a day. It's discipline. It's order. It's all the things that he needs. But additionally, all of these horrible thoughts that he's having about murder and death and that. Mm Mm-hmm. He's getting to a place where he can actually do something with them. He can catharsize them. Yeah. And he gets sent to Afghanistan, where it turns out 
He's a bit of a crack shot, and he takes on a sniper detail. And one day, he cracks, and he goes out, and he shoots a bunch of his own men. He shoots a bunch of U.S. troops. Crazy. And do you know who the prosecuting attorney is? (laughs) No. Jack Reacher. Oh. Skater is James Barr from Reacher. He's that guy. He's James Barr. Oh my god, that's some Cruiserverse shit. Well done, man. That's some. Actually, that works. That's how little we have to talk about the Watcher. I just spent five minutes talking about Jack Reacher. <laughs> that actually works. So this is a prequel for that and Blacklist is, at the in, same time. Who knew? The Watcher's in the Jack Reacher universe, man. You just blew my mind. Yep. You're welcome. I want to watch Jack Reacher again. <laughs> yeah, I, I nearly threw it on this week as well. Yeah. Ah, uh, cool. Good. That's a good catch. I did not recognize him at all. It was one of those. It was like, I know that guy's face is doing my head in. And then it clicked. Yeah. I have uh, exactly one positive thing to say about this film. Go ahead. Keanu Reeves' character has good taste in beer. There's a moment <laughs> going into the, in the third cemetery. act yeah, yeah, where he meets James Spader at, at his... Is it his wife's gravestone? No. No, it's it? his... So, okay. Jane Spader, so we're just spoiling it now anyway, so I don't can't imagine we're going to recommend you watch it anyway, but if you do, just spoilers from here on out. Jane Spader is upset throughout the whole movie because we kind of get an inkling, it keeps getting um, suggested to us that he lost a case, like one of the first cases that he was working on trying to catch Keanu. Yeah. This person died in the event of him doing that. Now, what we discover is that she died... Because she was a victim of Keanu tied up. Jane Spader made it there before Keanu killed her, but left her there tied up to go chase after yeah, Keanu. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Keanu set the place on fire. And so she died in a fire. That woman was not Jane Spader's wife. This is an extra layer that didn't need to be added in. She was a married woman and Jane Spader's character was sleeping with her. Yeah. So she's Jane Spader's mistress. Fine. But I got no idea. There's no again another one of those things of like character development, and it was not necessary to add in that extra detail. I think it's probably there was a whole bunch of stuff that was cut out, which makes probably. that stuff m- make less sense. But yeah. I think there's probably the reason that we have the flashback at the beginning or the flash forward at the beginning. Yeah. There's probably a, a whole prologue sequence that was cut out, and so they had to make Maybe. the time up. Something like that, I imagine. Maybe something like that, but also. That's the salacious stuff that would get James Spader interested in the script, probably. Yeah. So Keanu meets James Spader at this at this gravestone at the cemetery. The, the you know the final the end game of the chase is foot, and they have a little one to one. Ala, you know, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro in heat. Although they're enemies, they can sit down and have a coffee. Keanu Reeves is trying to do that, and he's offering James Spader beer, and the beer yeah. that he offers him is the Chinese beer Jingdao. Jingdao. Yeah. The crisp, refreshing taste of the Orient. It's great. Jingdao. For the good times. That is what it is for. I'm trying to I'm trying to get some uh, endorsement going here. I tried to get Moretti to sponsor us a couple of years ago and, and oh, yeah. Hellman's mayonnaise yeah. it never happened, so I'm switching over to the Chinese see if they Cathedral City gave me a call. Yeah. They said Thanks. You, you, you're putting our kids through college. Yeah, stop talking about <laughs> us on your podcast, please. <laughs> yes. Okay. 
no, yeah, Jintao. It's probably the best beer in the entire world. Not probably. Oh. Jintao for the good times. Shut up. And then they walk away from that grave and, like, whatever, exchange, whatever. James Spader gives him the gun. And Keanu's just holding the gun down to the floor and, like, just shoots it into the ground. And he's like, oh, it's loaded. Yeah. But it was... It was a re- instead of it being like a believable moment or any of them react to it, there's no reaction. It's like the gun didn't go off. There's a gunshot sound and then a flash, like the entire screen flashes, like they cut or something. You, you fucked it up. Like, just cut the whole th- bit out because you don't. It's bad because it was badly done. Yep. Yeah. That happens a lot in most scenes. Yeah. I, d- I really didn't like this film, Alex. I'll be honest. Yeah. I'm not surprised, man. One bit I did find funny was earlier, very early in, in the film, when um, James Spader realizes that like Keanu's been sending him photos. He's like not checking his post because he's depressed. But Keanu's been sending him photos of of these women, and he calls up this detective who's investigating a case in his building. Weirdly, like Keanu actually like killed somebody in his building. Um, that was how he was trying to. And James Spader's just so depressed he doesn't he doesn't pay any attention. He calls up the detective and they just made the choice of like, let's have him, instead of him just calling him, he's at his desk and they have a conversation. He's actually in a car chase. Yeah. <laughs> and the, detective, yeah, yeah. the detective's in a car it's chase. It's mental. It's so mental. But I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was really funny. But I wanted more of that. I wanted more of like this kind of mental thing. But it's like, no, no, okay, it's okay. And then James Spade is like, you sound busy. Like, yeah. should you, like, you sound busy. And he's like, no, no, it's, it's, it's cool. He's fully like in a, in a, I'm going to kick the door down, fire my gun, like full on police chase. Yeah. And he's driving one handed with the phone to his ear. It's insane. So stupid. It really, and really dumb as well. So I either wanted much more of that to make this film, like to just be insane or, or for them to really lean into like how clever Keanu's being mm. about, you know, I just, I'm just putting some of the pieces together of like, they just, they just breeze past all that actually. And it's not like, it's like, that's an interesting part of the film. Like mm. how Keanu gets enjoyment about getting so close to his victims. He's there's times when he's literally just walking right behind James Spader and he doesn't notice. I, I, I just, and, and that stuff's interesting from a, from like a psychological thriller mm. point of view. But it wasn't thrilling, not in any way in this film, and it should have been, but it wasn't. Yeah, and it wasn't creepy enough either. Like Keanu does this thing where he's he's kind of charming, but then he's got this grin. There's a trend in playing psychopaths that they they take so much pleasure in their deeds that they're always yeah, yeah. smiling all the time, and yeah. it's so it's so hackneyed. It's so played it is. out. It is. Yeah, it needed to be creepier. It needed to be tighter. It needed to be less flashy. I was wrong. I was wrong before. There's one other positive thing about it, this, despite the fact that they rip off the soundtrack of the Matrix. On the soundtrack, you've also got Six Underground by Sneaker Pimps, yeah, which is good. a great right, tune, yeah. and great uh, Roads by Portishead. Pretty much gets played in full, like it's a fucking music video. Yeah, uh, but that is a, a a great song as well. That's it, mate. I'm ready to do the the staples and the numbers. Unless you've got more you want to say, just a few little more things. Yeah, fine. Right at the beginning, Keanu does this. I don't know what to call it. A dance. It is a dance, yeah. <laughs> but it's like the worst kind of 
like gun cutter kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but it's bad. It, but it's r- reminds me of Johnny Mnemonic. Yeah, w- when he does that like Tai Chi stuff, just to kind mm-hmm. of, and it's like. Keanu, did you lose like all your training like in in one like in the la- last couple of years? And it's like, well, no, not necessarily, but like really bad direction and bad cut, bad editing. And the director just probably said, "Do some uh, do some matrix shit, do some matrix moves." No, I yeah, probably you're and, probably not wrong, but it's it's slowed down <laughs> to like this kind of bullet time in the worst way possible. Like that's definitely what they're. It's my theory that's what they're going for. And you see that at the beginning. I'm like, all right, fine. Like, I get it. It's a early 2000s film. Fine. Okay. I just kind of, and I'm laughing at it. It's just, it looks, it looks so dumb. And it's in there for no, for whatever reason. And it's like, oh, they show it again. S- same thing again. It was so good the first time. Let's give the people what they want. Yeah. Let's give them what they want. And it's like, no, we don't. This is not the stuff we want. Anyway. If you can, if you haven't noticed already, I'm not keen on this film. There's another part later on when Keanu's being the villain. James Spader's tied up. He's, his plans. He's selling. Not quite revealing his plans, but that's that revealing his plans scene where he's got James Spader and Mr. Tomei, and James Spader's trying to negotiate his way out of the thing, kind of, but no. And he gets it wrong, and Keanu's like, "You still don't know who I am, do you?" And I was really hoping that would go really, really weird at that moment. Like he would say, like, I'm your son or I'm your son from the future or something really I'm weird. I'm your son from yeah. the future. Yeah, 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 yeah. Something like that. Yeah, because he's like the same age as... as, as uh, yeah, what's James wrong Bay. with brother? <laughs> I'm your half-brother. Yeah, anything. But no, the reason why I'm your son from the future is because remember the wolf? No, Wolfen. 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 Mm-hmm. And they had that vision, like that wolf vision, like from the perspective of the wolf. Mm-hmm. They kept doing that with Keanu yeah. in this film. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like it's called the Watcher. Yeah. So let's let's see things from Keanu's perspective. And when it cuts into from Keanu's perspective, it looks like like the Terminator. Yeah, it's like it's like this is how the Terminator sees, just in a bit more color rather than that red kind of. So you wanted like, him to be a serial killer cyborg from the future. Who's also James Spader's son, yeah. Sure. <laughs> that would have made so much more sense. Instantly, I would have been like, oh, I get it. And this would have probably been one of the best films I've ever seen. <laughs> really? That's a really damning indictment of your mental that's state, you if fix, I'm honest. That's how you fix The Watcher. This film this makes you... no sense. He can't just be someone who knows James Spader. Wait, yeah. maybe he's his son who's come back <laughs> from the future is part Terminator. That's that exactly makes a lot more sense. Much more sense. But but here's the kicker. They never explain how he knows James Spader. He's not like you were you were my bully in school. Nothing. No, You're it, my half-brother. Nothing, nothing, nothing. He's just the cop that was on his case. Yeah. That's how but it... when But when Keanu says that line, you don't know who I am. Like, this isn't Seven, is what I'm trying to say. No, it's not. <laughs> it's definitely not no and and so and so you know i think if i wasn't watching it for this podcast i would have had a lot less fun watching it i enjoyed watching it thinking i'm gonna enjoy talking about this because it's gonna be fun to talk to you about it but otherwise i'm probably wasting four hours of my life four hours did you watch it three yeah, times plus the recording oh no, okay. the, the film right, plus fine, the recording. Fine. well i did watch it for this podcast and i still didn't have anywhere near as much fun as you did apparently yeah, I'm just enjoying like 
taking the piss out of it, really. I don't have much more to say about it. I think I've said everything. Indeed. Lush's hair, though. Lush's hair, the old the old shoulder-length Keanu yeah. locks are back. Yeah, he got it. And, and my biggest tick for this film... I mean, yeah, sure, he's guilting some, I guess, because he's tying women up and torturing them and all of that. And it is kind of creepy, or it's supposed to be anyway. But the biggest one, and I texted you about it in advance, did you spot the amazing reaction shot? I didn't. I'm sorry. <sighs> when he first sits down in Marissa Tomei's office, and yeah. they're having basically an interview about whether she's going to be his yeah. therapist and he's going to be her client, the reveal shot is a cut to... Keanu Reeves, and he does this slow turn to camera and barrels the camera with his best faux creepy look, and it's oh so God. dumb. I laughed out I loud. No. I rewound it. In fact, it's the only thing that this film should have a legacy for, and that is to pl someone please, if it hasn't been done already, find the reaction shot I'm talking about and turn it into a GIF. Because I will use that gif every day of my life. I'll do it. Yeah, yeah I'll <laughs> it's do it. amazing. But I guess, yeah, he's brooding. He's not a stoner. He's not particularly hunky, despite being Keanu Reeves. No, he's, I just... I, he's Well, we're going to get into it in a minute. He's phoning it in. He is. He doesn't want to be there. Maybe doing some of his stunts. I don't even know if he would actually have bothered for this. Yeah, I don't. The, 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 so running, the, maybe some running, but there is the the shot at the end where he's set on fire. It looks to me that like there's some digital face replacement there, so he definitely didn't do that himself. It looked like Nick Cage when yeah. he was jumping out the thing. I don't know, that was weird. Yeah, not playing guitar. No, is he a John or a Jack? We don't know know his name. Do we know his name? Good question. He's just called Griffin, isn't he? But I think he isn't he like referred to as John Allen Griffin or something at the beginning. Maybe, yeah. I think he might be a Jack, but he's got lots of suit. Oh, David Allen Griffin. David. Uh, boo. Yeah. Well, actually, actually, that's good. I don't want this film on the John Jack list. <laughs> right, fine, fine. <laughs> fine yeah, he's got a rangy run, as as brought up in the previous Rangy episode. run, that's the new one, isn't it? I forgot what the, what it was, yeah. Yeah. And he's, rangy run. And he's tied up in a conspiracy. But these are all very half-assed ticks, in my opinion, apart from the hair and the reaction shot. I mean, everything about this episode is half-assed. Indeed. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, fuck it. Let's get to numbers. It's your numbers. Budget! $30 million. Now, you might be tempted to say a lot of that money went on the actors. You would be wrong, because mm. Keanu Reeves' salary on this was $1 million. The reason for that was he didn't want to do this film. Mm-hmm. And it was... <laughs> it was only... Uh, after he'd found out that he couldn't get out of doing this film, that he found out all of the actors were paid to scale, which means yeah. that you essentially get the same amount of money as your co-stars, regardless of who you are. So James Spader was already signed up for $1 million. Marissa Tomei was already signed up for $1 million. Hence, Keanu Reeves gets $1 million. Why is this controversial? Because Reeves didn't realize they were getting him so cheap until he found out that his agent had forged his signature on the contract. Yeah. He did everything in his power to get out of this film, and Warner's had him banged to rights. So, in a cunning bit of negotiation, Reeves said, I absolutely refuse to promote this movie. Yeah. To which Warner's said, that's fair enough. Just please don't say anything bad about it in the press until it's been out for a year. But Keanu in the story said it was a friend and he kept quiet 
because he didn't want that friend to get into trouble. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's fraud, which could be his agent. It's fraud. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It could be. It could have been his agent. So, like again, Keanu shows how awesome he is. He's a mensch. And yeah, what a mensch. And and but but again, still, it's like poor Keanu. Like I think you can tell. You can absolutely tell watching it. it that story about him not wanting to do this film and not being able to get out of a contract. Yeah. Um, is the only thing that gets him off the hook in this because he looks like he doesn't want to be there. He looks like he's just phoning it in. And if that story didn't exist and this was like something that he was really excited to do after The Matrix, I think it would reflect very poorly on Keanu Reeves. I agree. I don't think anyone wants to be there. Nobody looks like they want Not to really, be there. no. No. So the budget was $30 million. The worldwide gross was 47 It's okay, but it's not amazing. The Rotten Tomatoes score for this is 11%, which is right. fair. And uh, it currently has an IMDb score of 5.3, and we've certainly seen mm. worse than that. But here's the, he's back on the list, buddy. Keanu Reeves got a Razzie nomination for yeah. Worst Supporting Actor. <laughs> How many Razzies does Keanu have? One year after The Matrix, he's back in the Razzies. <laughs> Keanu, Keanu must have, like the most Razzies out of any A-lister. He is probably up there with Adam Sandler, yeah. Yeah. It's so unfortunate. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of them aren't deserved. I think this one is. Yeah. Even if it's not Keanu's fault. It's your numbers. So I think it's safe to say we're both saying this is not really a recommendation. That's not no, to say, not. although I was bored, it, 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 is, it is blissfully short. It's pretty much 90 minutes long. I'm so glad. I just wouldn't spend any money on it. If it came on Netflix or it came on TV, give it a watch because there are a couple of bits that are kind of amusing. Uh, it's kind of a cultural artifact given how outdated it is now. Yeah. But beyond that, there's not much to recommend this film. Yeah. If you're passing by, if you could see like films as artifacts in a museum, you wouldn't spend much time looking at this one. That's all. It's just like, oh yeah, there's that one. Yeah. So Unless you're a real hardcore, diehard ornithologist fan, don't bother. No, probably not. All that said, Alex, how would you rate it? I, my gut instinct was to give it two stars. Uh-huh. Uh, it's not good and quite deserve to be a one-star movie, but it just it just scrapes two. And when I look at other things that I've given two stars, I'm like, eh, might be a better movie technically on paper, but. I think this fits in the same barrel as the rest of the two-star movies that I've given. So I had a similar thought process. I started out at two, and then I saw some of the other films, and I thought, no, this is one and a half. I, re- I really just didn't, didn't particularly enjoy it. Given that we're looking for the gems, the surprising things in Keanu Reeves' performances, we are. There's, yeah. I'm never going to go back to this one, except for that gif-worthy reaction shot. Yeah, yeah, that, that, we're going to have to get hold of that. Unless one day somebody you forget again, and somebody manages to convince you to watch The Raven, <laughs> and they confuse it with this again. Yeah, I do want and... to watch The Raven again now because I think, yeah. and I think that may have even been directed by James McTeague, who did uh, V for Vendetta, and he was assistant yeah. director on The Matrix, and that maybe that's why yeah. I got them confused. Anyway, Interesting. so that's what he went on to do. <laughs> I think that's it for the watcher. Oh, oh man, I'm done. Yeah, we're done. Good. Up next time, really intrigued to see what you make of this, Alex, unless you've seen it already. Sam Raimi's The Gift. Never seen it. I, I can't wait. Like, okay. 
It's one of those. So Sam Raimi, obviously best known for Spider-Man films and Evil Dead movies. Yeah. Um, But in the late 90s and early 2000s, he tried to do a bunch of pretty much straight thrillers. One of them is A Simple Plan, which is a Bill Paxton film that I definitely had on the Forgotten Films list for the 90s. Yeah. This is the other. I don't think this is quite as good as Simple Plan, but it's very interesting when you know that it comes from Sam Raimi. Cool. So something to look forward to then. Until we talk about The Gift then, until next time, just be excellent to each other. And I just headbutted the microphone. Yeah. You know, you don't have to have a party if you're not feeling like it, but if you want to have a party though, yeah. Do it do it with dudes. I mean, people who are people who could be called dudes. Wait, I'm getting to hot water here. No, 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 no. When you say dudes, you just mean like chill dudes. You don't mean yeah. like all blokes. Oh, it's not it's not gender specific. This yeah. is not No, I just mean surf dudes. Just chill chill party folk. A chill party chill party with radical dudes. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. Bye. Bye. I love you.